Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Michael Russ, and uh, thank you for joining me today. Happy, what day is it? Tuesday. Hope you guys are having a great start to your day. Whether you're just starting it, or you're halfway through it, or maybe it's not even Tuesday at all. And this is like the third or fourth episode you're listening to because you're binging it because you found out how awesome the podcast is. Didn't you? Didn't you? I love, I could tell when somebody like first starts listening because I'll go back into the metrics and I could see somebody would just binge 50 or 60 episodes, which... Honestly, super, super cool. That's the second kid I've seen with like a real hard briefcase waiting for the bus. Maybe it's, and maybe they're instruments. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Duh. I forgot the band kids used to like bring their, you know, their various uh, instruments in giant, like hard cases, you know. And uh, I just passed like three kids waiting for the bus that all had those hard cases. I'm like, what are they, what are they doing at school? Is it a business class? What's going on here? Oh, yeah instruments um <clears throat> so I'm trying to avoid I told you guys last week I'm trying to avoid caffeine oh it's a couch cushion bro oh, I thought that was a dog that got hit or something like that that would have ruined my whole day I would have turned around and went home no gym um believe it or not I took yesterday off yep I sure did I did not work out yesterday, which is probably the first day. Like, I didn't even go for a walk. I walked, I mean, like, I was outside with the animals. It wasn't like I laid on my ass all day. Got a bunch of work done. Went and got some work done. I think I... I hate saying it because you guys know how I am about the whole injury thing. My sciatica, I think, is acting up a little bit. But that's not... That's, that's been like this for two weeks. So, I figured yesterday... I went and got it worked on. Well, not it. You can't really work on it. But I went and got, like, some uh, body work done yesterday. And just kind of let my body rest a little bit. Um, I'm going to start doing more workout videos. I've had a lot of people ask, you know, and I've... My social media team is great. By the way, if you need... Um, uh, anything done with your social media or media or videos and any of that stuff. Uh, Michelle over at Media Garden. Um, I highly encourage you to check her out. Media Garden. Her name's Michelle. It's this blonde lady that gets on my nerves. Um, tell her I sent you. And uh, they do a great job editing. Like, if you'll see some of my recent reels. Um, and she actually posed me a good question the other day. She said, what is the purpose of you filming and shooting content? And I started to think, well, I want to change people's lives. And I started to think, do people... Does the mindset shift happen first? This is, so this is what I want to talk about. Does the mindset shift happen first and then all of the other changes? Or do you start to make changes which bring about a mindset shift? This is a very good question. And I want to make sure that I remember how I worded it 
so I can ask it on my Instagram story to see what people think. Do Okay, so do you have a change in mindset that you start going to the gym, you start being more disciplined in every area of your life, or, I mean, do you kind of have like an idea first of like what you want? I wouldn't call that a mindset shift. What I mean by like a mindset shift is you, the way that you view the world and the way that you view your day-to-day tasks and the way that you view your life changes fundamentally. So does that precede the change of actions? I mean, obviously a mindset shift will always bring about a higher level of performance, assuming it's a good mindset shift. But does it precede discipline or does this that's the point i'm trying to make does the do you have this mindset shift and then you start becoming more disciplined or by being more disciplined do you bring about a mindset shift in your life and that's the question so an example would be do i just wake up one day look in the mirror if i were fat and gross um and say man i do not feel good about the way that i look I don't feel good about the way that I feel. I'm going to do something about it. Do you have a radical mindset shift then? Well, no, because I think a lot of people, here's the, yeah, because a lot of people probably look at themselves and feel that way, but then they do nothing about it. So I guess the root of it all is action, right? So disciplined action, I would probably lean towards the second discipline action brings about a true mindset shift because most people could go not go to the gym for a month and not be bothered by that at all if I don't go to the gym for one day I'm crawling out of my skin and it's not like oh I'm gonna get fat it's not that it's just I feel very uncomfortable Um, When I'm not in my normal routines and I'm not doing what I know I should, I I understand that sometimes rest is is very important for your body, but um, I'd have to believe that you must first cultivate discipline um, if you want to see, if you want to have the world around you change. And the world around you can change without it changing. The world around you can change without it changing. How does the world around us change without us, without the world actually changing? It's our perspective, right? It's our perspective. It's the whole glass half full, half empty thing, right? Is the glass in front of me, it has, is it half full or is it half empty? Well, if I have an abundance of water, it's half empty. If I have no water, it's half full, right? And or maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. It depends. Interesting. Interesting uh, philosophical question to pose there. But so the point of all this is this. I believing that I believing that good actions taken daily will bring about fundamental changes in somebody's mind and setting out to help people change the way that they operate on a day-to-day basis so that we could bring about that shift in their mentality. Boom. 
that's what it is right there. How far into it? Okay, about eight minutes in. So seven to eight minutes, I'm going to tell Michelle to listen to. Um, that's my mission. Is I want to teach people what to do daily so that they could start to feel better and to more importantly think better because when you when you act accordingly as Wrangler star would say when you act accordingly when you act correctly when you put in the work you end up deserving to think good and feel good like you don't deserve to feel good because you sat on your ass all day, days on end, right? And the world will tell you you get to deserve all the good things without having to do anything. That's that's the problem is that we were we were raised. I specifically can remember thinking about how soft. I'll never forget, um, you know, and in, in sixth, seventh grade, maybe. Yet we were old enough to where we weren't kids. You know what I mean? 13, 14. I don't, I don't think that... I don't look at 13. Most would agree, disagree with me, probably. I, I don't think that 13, 14 years old, you are a kid anymore. 13, 14-year-old kids, people, hundreds of years ago, were just living completely different, pretty much full-grown full grown adult lives, right? Um, but, the, anyways, the point is this. I can remember sitting there and we had a class with the guidance counselor and I don't remember her name. She's a big fat lady and she was cuckoo, bro. She was this, this woman should not have been working with kids. I'm not saying like she was like necessarily damaging, like she wasn't a pedophile, but she was a little wacky. She was just a little too crazy to be talking about people's emotions. You can just tell in her face she was unhinged. Like, if I'm 13 years old and I could tell you're a little unhinged, you probably shouldn't be working, at least with people's emotions, especially children. But anyways, so I can remember sitting in this class and us having this little teddy bear. And we're passing it around and she was telling us, you know, hug the teddy bear talk about something that you felt bad about today and I can remember me along with most of the boys were we didn't want to do that and I can remember her comparing us to the girls well Caroline did it and I can remember this woman she wasn't berating us but she was basically forcing us to hold this plush little doll and talk about our feelings. And I can remember sitting there feeling emasculate, emasculated, 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 demasculinized, whatever you want to call it. And I didn't want to do it. I didn't feel comfortable doing it. And it didn't feel right to do it. And there's a whole thing about the masculine and feminine I could get into there and talk about how these you send your boys away to these schools to be controlled and policed by these fat middle-aged women um, which I think is extremely damaging to the development of young men young men should be with men young men should not be with women young men should not be 
surrounded by women all day long, being told what to do and how to think by women. It's wrong. It's objectively wrong. Young men should be around men, which is why athletics was important for me in school. I didn't feel like, you know, we, I would get out of school and I'd go to wrestling and I'd have my coach screaming at us and sprints and we're bleeding and just skull to skull, just combat. And I'm like, yeah, this feels right. This, this feels normal to me. Sitting in that chair with a little doll talking about my feelings is not okay. That's not right. That's not normal. I felt, you know what it meant? It almost felt violating. You know what I mean? It almost felt violating. It really did. It was, it was a, it was a, it really sticks out in my memory. Like I really remember that and how it felt and it sticks out in my memory starkly. Like I just, uh, it felt very violating, very violating coercion, shame, like you were shamed for not participating in this faggot exercise because that's what it was. It's an exercise for women and fags. I just, uh, I just, I'm like, I can't, I ain't sitting here doing this. It's ridiculous. But I guess, anyways, back to the mission. The point of me saying all that is we live in a world now where it's like you just get to deserve to feel good about anything even if you're not doing anything, right? You know, you should feel comfortable and feel safe and feel... I feel like safety is something that you like. If you're a man, you have to earn. You know what I mean? Vulnerability is something that somebody has to earn from you as a man. Like, if a woman... And here's the thing. You should never be really 100% vulnerable as a man. I don't think. I don't think. And I know that goes against everything that you hear now. But the, the point of this is that you shouldn't... People are so hyper fixated on emotions and feelings now and they don't realize and that's why the world now is so hollow. The world now is so hollow because they've cheapened happiness. Happiness should be this is what I think of this this is what I think of when I think of happiness. I was talking about this with this kid in the gym the other day. My chiropractic buddy Jake comes up to me and I'm, I'm working out he walks up to me and he looks at me it was so funny and he's like Mike are you happy and I looked him dead in his eyes and I said no and he's like you know what I'm not either he's like are we supposed to be happy and I'm like no I don't think so and if anybody else would have heard that conversation even me saying this to you all right now you know my wife's going to listen to this she's like oh now why is it happening? Like, there's, there's, let me explain what I mean. I'm not happy. I am intensely focused. I am in a constant state of self-improvement. I'm in a constant state of failure. I fail daily in many areas of my life because I'm a man and I'm flesh and we fail and we sin and we fall short. And I'm wanting more, and I'm intentionally putting it. And I told him, I said, you know when I do feel happy, when I get glimpses of happiness, is when I put myself through intentional suffering. Like for example, this morning, 
It almost makes me emotional to think about this moment I had with myself this morning and God. I got up this morning, it was pitch black out, it's like 5.15, I'm like, dude, because <laughs> I know it's coming, the cold plunge is coming, and it's getting colder out, so it's not like now where I go and hop in the cold plunge and the water is like maybe 55, 60, but the air is 70 or 80, and it's warm when you go out, and you get in, it's, the water's a little cold, you iced it down maybe the night before, and you get out, and it's the air is warm, no, and the sun's shining, no, not anymore, winter's coming. So I get up and I go out and it's pitch black. The house was a little cold because we haven't really turned the heat on yet. So I get up, the covers are warm. I, as soon as I pull the covers off me, I'm cold. And I go into the bathroom and I got the bright blinding lights in my eyes and I put my contacts in. I grab my towel, I look at Ben, I'm like, all right, here we go. And I go outside and the cold air hits me. And I walk over the cold plunge and I was dreading it. Guys, I've told you a million times, the cold plunge never gets easier. Don't ever expect it to get easier because it doesn't. I've been doing this for how long now? How how long? How You guys have been listening to me, some of you, for a long time. How long have I been hopping in ice cold water every morning? Been well over a year. Well over a year. Like every day. I've probably done it like 500 days straight. And... It never gets easier. So anyways, I'm like, I'm walking over to the cold plunge... I'm like, dude, this is going to suck, suck. And I just get my, I get right in and boom, I dunk my head under and I hold my head under as much as I want to come right back up. I hold my head under for a seven count. I let my head up and I take a big deep breath and I look up and I'm shivering and my body's still submerged, but my head's just poking out and I'm shivering and I look up and there's the stars. And it was just silent. Some distant birds a little bit starting to wake up. But it was silent. And I was happy. I was happy. And I've noticed that um, happiness to me, this is... Happiness to me is... Someday, I can picture it now. It's such a it's such a powerful visualization. Is why I know it's going to happen. Someday, I I, I picture myself sitting on. I, I have a big back deck that overlooks my land, and I've got hundreds of acres, and the, I can see it so clearly. So I'm on this back deck in the hill. But there's like a slight gradient. Uh, out back, the, the, my land slopes down slightly, and then it whoo, washes out into this big field, and then there's tree line, and I just look at all of that, and it's all mine, and I could see animals out there, it's like this, this is a powerful, very uh, emotional visualization for me, and uh, I look out at this, and I'm lighting a cigar, and all of a sudden I feel this something little fuzzy up against my, I'm like in a rocking chair, and I feel something fuzzy up against my leg, and I look down, and it's a little kid, it's a little boy with a, like a bowl cut, right, and he presses his little head up against my side, and I just know it's a grandchild, right, that's when I'll be happy. 
that's when I'll be happy. That's when I'll allow myself. Because you earned it. To have the land. To have built it. And there's just a sense. There's just a sense when I look out. On this field that I've done something very significant. And it feels good significant. Like I feel. Uh, it's hard. To, it's really hard to describe. I feel like I'm at the center of a spider web. And the spider web is vast and reaching. And the all of the all of the what do you call the fibers of the web reaching out are just people or lives that I've impacted. I'm and I'm right at the center, right? And this little grandkid is a major fiber, you know, in that web. And I just look down at him and I know because of what I sacrificed and what I did and what I went through, his life he's never going to want for anything. You know? And uh, that right there, that's what I'll be happy. You earn that. You earn the right to be happy. You don't just get to be happy. And all these, you know, spiritual gurus and all these people... Well, happiness is a state of mind, bro. You can be happy with anything. You know, there's people in the world that are happy and they live in mud huts and blah, 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 whatever. And you know what? The people that live in mud huts earn it because they got to get up and fight for their life every day. So if I had to get up and fight for my life every day, I'd be pretty damn happy at the end of the day with my mud hut. But in this, in our society now, happiness, people just like think they should just, it's all, it's all about me, 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 me. How can I make myself feel good? What about my Marvel movies and my Funko Pops and my this and my that and my, and my SSRIs and my everybody's, you know why everybody's miserable? You ever think you're just not supposed to be happy all the damn time? Did you ever think of that? Did you ever just stop and think like, maybe I'm not meant to just feel good 24-7. So people self-medicate and then actually medicate and self-medicate. People want to just smoke weed all day. People want to take their pills. People want to do this. And I've done the same thing for years. I was popping pills daily. And then I realized one day, maybe I'm not supposed to feel good all the time. Maybe the not feeling good is what drives you to earn it. Instead of sitting around trying to just chase the feeling, why don't I chase a purpose? The world is obsessed with how you feel. Feel, 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 feel. Coddling feelings and making sure that everybody feels good about everything. And what do you get when everybody just wants to feel good about everything? You get a bunch of degeneracy and just a bunch of perverted, nasty, sick psychopaths running around from one orgy to one drug to one drink to the next partner to the next blowjob to the next this to the next that. Just constantly chasing Emptiness. <laughs> Emptiness. Nobody creates anything anymore.
Nobody builds anything. People wake up and they go to these jobs where they don't do anything real. It's not real. And they wonder why they're hollow. And they get divorced. And they abuse their kids emotionally and mentally. And they take out their failures on it. It's just people live vapid, empty lives. And try to fill the void with another Netflix show or another this. Like You ever think you're just not supposed to feel good all the damn time? That that's just part of life? And that you could have two different responses to it. You could fill the void with cheap garbage. Or you can go cultivate a purpose. That will actually bring you true happiness at some point. Because I, I, you know what I've noticed? These, these guys that go on and they meditate. And they do yoga. And they go live with monks for seven years. And they come back. and they You know what they do? They just sell courses and books. You know what I mean? And they don't, they don't give... I've never met somebody that, like, followed some highly enlightened, quote-unquote, person that, like, changed their life. It's just... It's, 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 it's just more cheap garbage. I really believe that. This whole... I got caught up with that in college. Like, you can meditate your way into, like, just a state of peace. That's such bullshit. I'm not saying that meditation isn't good. That's not what I'm saying. But this whole you're just supposed to feel good and accepting of everything, it's just absolute, it's, it's hogwash. It's trash. That not feeling good is the best motivator if you use it properly. It's the best motivator. It will inspire you if channeled properly to change It'll inspire you to meaningful action if you use it properly and if you don't try to numb it with degeneracy or emptiness. So I want you guys to think about what I said today. Because this, if you can grasp what I'm trying to tell you, you'll change your life. You'll change your life. Everything in your life will change. I love you guys. Have a good